Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the price of insurance, my interview with Paulie's Troy Cagiola on the evolving capital markets landscape and his new role at the company, and how escalating tensions in the Middle East are impacting mortgage rates. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Calc. Given that rates are about as high as they've been in decades, how can homeowners be convinced to move into a new home? With the trade and mortgage powered by Calc, homeowners can buy before they sell, make non-contingent offers, and tap their home equity to fund the down payment on their next home. The result? Lenders help their clients negotiate a lower purchase price, reduce their interest payments, and eliminate PMI. What do hospital gowns and insurance policies have in common? You're never covered as much as you think you are. Although loan officers are not insurance experts, they are seeing the escalating cost of homeowners' insurance impact affordability. Insuring homes is not the only issue, however. The average bill for the repair of an American vehicle is $4,437. And for an electric vehicle, that's up to $6,618, about 49% higher. Collision insurance claims have increased 64% between 2018 and 2022, fueled by increasingly sophisticated cars and more complicated things that need to get fixed when they get broken. No longer are we just hammering out dents, but rather we're taking computers out of the car and fixing it. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Paulie's Troy Cagiola to talk about the evolving capital markets landscape and his new role at the company. He was recently appointed Chief Operating Officer at Poly. He most recently served as Chief Product Officer of Acela, and before that he was SVP of Product Management at Ellie May, where he led product strategy and guided teams responsible for researching and defining the vision and requirements for the company's SaaS-based mortgage origination automation products. New role for you at Poly, COO. Congratulations on that. And uh, I, I guess I want to start by asking, why the move? Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic question. Um, I had uh, spent quite a bit of time in the industry with Ellie Mae uh, prior to their ICE acquisition. Grew a fondness for the mortgage space, the mortgage technology space especially, and a lot of the opportunity that existed way back then to help optimize and bring efficiency gains to the space. So fantastic. I took a little bit of a hiatus, pursued another opportunity in the GovTech sector, which while it seems a little bit disjointed from mortgage technology. There is more overlap than I would have expected, I think, between government technologies and mortgage technologies. Not so much in the you know, direct day-to-day, but in uh, some of the participating parties, especially when it comes to title, et cetera. So it was a good uh, good experience to run product strategy outside of the mortgage tech space. But uh, about three, four months ago, I'd say, I had some outreach from uh, Parvesh Sahi, who runs our uh, customer organization with Poly now that I'd worked with back at LA May saying, hey, you know, we're, we're scaling fast. We're, we're bringing on a lot of new customers. Um, one thing that we'd love to, to add is just some additional oversight and support around product strategy, um, operations with some experience, just how you grow and scale as this company continues to get bigger quickly. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I think that's a, that's a great job, but I wanted to hear more about what specifically was going on with Polly and how it was able to pull new customers and attract so much interest. And uh, talking with him, speaking with Adam uh, as well, our CEO, 
there's a, a true passion for the the space and not just the mortgage technology space, but also specifically into the capital markets end of the mortgage technology space. And, and to serve an area, I think, of mortgage technology that that hasn't um, seen as much optimization maybe as some other parts. I remember paperless initiatives way back in the day, um, not to mention workflow management, case management, all the different parts that come in to help a mortgage operation move smoothly and quickly. Um, the same types of capabilities and same types of needs still existed, I think, in um, the capital market space. A lot of, of opportunity exists there to bring the different ends of the capital market spectrum together. And so that that product challenge, uh, the market challenge, but also the passion with which Adam Parvish and the rest of the team speaks um, when they think about how they solve that problem was very exciting. So getting into any new company where there's that much, you know, just not to repeat myself, but excitement for a problem to be solved is really refreshing and fantastic. And so between the type of job it was, the industry problems they're looking to solve and some of the people involved with it. You know, I respect Adam and what he's done substantially, but also I've worked with Jonathan Core, one of our board members before at LA. So it was the right mix really of, of kind of industry luminaries plus a fantastic, interesting problem to solve um, and the right timing. Uh, so it was hard to resist. Yes, that passion is certainly evident. And I'm all set to ask you, uh, or I was all set to ask you about motivation, but it sounds like you've answered that from the business side of things. So maybe on a personal level, yeah. here and to this side of the mortgage business, what what motivates you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, this was a great question that we took on as I introduced myself to the team at Poly as well. Uh, my primary motivator, especially in in well, I was going to say in the workplace, but really it's personal life too. It's the ability to have an, a positive impact on the thing, whether that's the company, which I think is something I've done in a few different areas. Um, but beyond the company, it's also with our customers, with our employees. Um, you know, if I can look back in my first six months in the role, if I can look back a year out, two years out, et cetera, and each one of those timeframes, if I can look back and say, hey, this is something really incredible that we did. Um, that's what gets me excited. So I love being able to to see an opportunity, uh, problem statement, either one, and then tackle it, look back on it and say, hey, we really were impactful there. We've really brought you know, to our customers a solution that solves their pain points, gets them excited about their day-to-day because maybe they're worrying less about the nitty-gritty and more on their, their core focus with, you know, if you're a loan officer, it's out bringing in uh, more borrowers, if your capital markets, you know, the less you can spend on the grind of you know, lock requests and all those parts, um, that's important to me. And so I, I'd say having an impact is really where I, I look for opportunity. Well, you're a better man than me because any job interviewer that's asked me why I want that job, I always say the money, but the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a joke because the mortgage industry, I mean, more so than just about any other thing in America, you know, we're, we're helping people realize the American dream. We're putting That's people right. in homes, we're helping make you know, the home ownership possible for, for millions of people. So I, I think it's a great industry to be in. And, and I love the people that work in it and uh, enjoy talking to them and spending time with them. So let's, let's get into Polly a little bit, because I know Polly kind of st- barnstormed on the scene. And let's, let's kind of bring it back to the forefront of people's consciousness here. Generally speaking, when it comes to a PP&E, a product and pricing engine, how does one PPE differentiate itself from its competition? I think there are a few different avenues that that can occur. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's 
are you solving customer challenges and providing solutions to their opportunities that they can go get? Uh, but it's how you do it that matters, right? And so there are a few different aspects. One certainly is the feature function of the product. Are you doing what it needs to do? That's not differentiation. No, that's really, you know, you're, you're providing the capabilities that they expect. I would say, though, that there's an evolution in the works. Um, and that is to still, of course, support the, the nuts and bolts of the process. Um, but what I see a need for is getting more proactive in how that's done. So letting the software take on more of that work. Um, so there's an aspect of how do you support those needs, which are really growth, expansion, uh, nimbleness. And so from a differentiation standpoint, I think the technology stack is really important. It's you know behind the scenes, people often don't think about it or really experience it directly. Uh, but there are key attributes of that, right? So, you know, Poly is a cloud native PPE, which gives them capabilities that may not be as easily supported in some of the legacy hosting models. So when you're a cloud native PPE, you are built with an expectation of cloud as your back end. Uh, that gives you opportunity to scale faster um, in an automatic fashion. There are certain workloads that happen in the product that benefit from that, right? So if you're not having to go provision new hardware or even for those who have shifted to cloud, but their architecture was built for self-hosting on stacks that they maintain, what I've usually seen is that it's much harder to spin up new resources to carry heavier loads ad hoc. So that's an important one. Um, there are certain, like I said, certain types of workloads that come along with it, you know, multi-loans at a time, et cetera, where when you can't forecast how many you're going to have, you need to be nimble enough with your back office or your back end uh, hosting to be able to, to scale immediately and automatically to handle that. So cloud native helps you with that. It also helps take advantage of more emerging cloud solutions so that you don't have to be the one building every component in the background. You can take advantage of services being provided by the major cloud players um, as, as a service. Uh, so I'd say the differentiation really comes down to nimbleness and the, and nimbleness in the technology stack, but also in the product capabilities. One of Polly's um, largest points of interest with new prospects is how uh, configurable the front end is so that customers can manage many of their own rules and changes uh, themselves. They are not having to wait for back office queues to get to their, their request. They can do this themselves in the product. Uh, and that's a big, important uh, differentiation between most of the competitors out there that we're able to allow them that access so that as market shift, as their rules change, they're able to do that quickly. Uh, so I'd say differentiation, the biggest one is really the nimbleness, whether that's the tech stack or it's the front end and how the application works. Um, the, the last piece I'd throw in there too is just service provided. There is the product, uh, but there's also a service component to it. Uh, and how you service your customer, how you maintain a relationship with them is critically important, especially in this space, right? So just we were just talking about how there's room for innovation still in the space um, in, in you know, large quantities. Having that direct relationship and maintaining a one-to-one -one customer level, you know, where you're out there regularly seeking input from your customers, that's critically important. And I've seen Polly in my first week here, really doing that at a much deeper level than I've seen most of the companies that I've worked with in my past. Um, so getting out there and, and ensuring that customers are well served from the day that our, our sales reps are talking to them through the days that they're implementing the application and through ongoing use and maintenance and the releases we release and roll out to our customers to bring new capabilities, but also bringing them back in 
uh, to continuously inform where we go, uh, how we strategically align with their needs. Very well put. I, I actually kind of want to shift from Polly to you, and you had mentioned you're on week number two here and you're still excited. Uh, obviously, maybe it, it feels like you're drinking from a fire hose a little bit, but if you could parse it out for me, what do you focus on in your role in the near term and then you know over the longer term at Poly as well? What's what's the goal for you? Yeah, you know, I think nearest term, um, it, it's I mentioned the key, you know, critical points of maintaining customer relationships and maintaining that high level of service. One of my functions here will be to bring some of the background I've had in larger scaled organizations and make sure we hit the perfect balance of scale so that we can support more uh, customers as we bring them on. We certainly have seen a lot of industry interest. Um, and so we wanna manage that growth though. We don't want that growth to get out of hand. And so what I'm focused on is making sure our teams are in the right spot, that we have the right folks in the right seats and that we start building the right practices, policies, you know, utilizing technology and tools internally even to keep up with the rapid pace of growth that we're seeing. And, you know, that's, it's easier said than done sometimes, but uh, fortunately in my first week of, you know, I've seen that we have a great team already in place. Everyone is, it cares about our customers and the business. And so I think that's the foundation you really want. Um, so near term, it's making sure, you know, that we're, we're dotting I's and crossing T's as we get bigger and have uh, even greater opportunity with an expanded customer base. Uh, longer term, it shifts a little bit into working with Adam and the rest of the team on strategic initiatives, where we're heading next from a product strategy standpoint. You know, we have a great roadmap already laid out for the next year. Um, of course, we're nimble enough to be able to alter as we go, but um, there's uh, beyond what we're doing today, there are a number of different initiatives, ideas that we want to prove out with our customer base and make sure that we're hitting those key opportunity areas for them. Um, as we move forward. So I'd say it's a little bit tactical now as I jump in and then um, you know, shifting into more of a strategic focus as we get get uh, further down the road. Well, it sounds like you certainly have a lot to do. So I'm I'm not going to keep you long. Let's, let's close with one final question here. And my background is in capital markets and it's been incredible to see the granularity and the transparency and pricing improve throughout mm -hmm. my tenure in the mortgage industry. And from your perspective here, how do you envision the capital market space continuing to evolve in the coming years? Where do you see it going? Yeah, so I, I definitely see an opportunity for improved connectivity through the value chain, right? So I, I know I've, I've heard um, folks speak about uh, Polly's focus on, on vertically integrating capital markets. Uh, and I think that's a big, big one, um, everywhere from the loan officer experience through lock activity through loan close and loan sale and delivery. Um, there are opportunities all the way down through, you know, even out there to servicing and, and whatnot. So I think there's a, a better uh, or large opportunity for a better improved integration through the value chain. That is one aspect for sure. And then earlier I, I alluded to some more proactive capabilities. I, I do think that uh, we'll see the more advanced product and pricing, uh, but even beyond that capital markets, technology solutions, uh, provide more capability to the end users around proactive identification of need and automatic action on those needs. Um, so there are certain things you don't want to take a human out of. You want to keep them focused on it, but um, but certainly there are a number of activities that occur that um, that we can provide analytics um, and automation around to remove some of the uh, the tactical stuff that's done day to day and let folks focus more on on selling and on strategy. Um, so I'd say those two are, are probably what we'll see um, 
impacting the capital markets technology stack for sure. Well, I certainly wish you the best of luck uh, as as you go down that path, and uh, hopefully, Polly is an excellent move for you, and and uh, you continue to push the capital market space further forward. So, Troy, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much. It's been great talking with you. Mortgage rates dropped to open the week ahead of a big dose of quarterly reports from companies, the latest Federal Open Market Committee policy statement, and the release of the jobs report for January. However, most of the downward move in rates yesterday was due to concerning geopolitical developments, as three U.S. soldiers were killed by a drone strike in Jordan, and Houthi rebels attacked a U.S. destroyer and a British merchant ship. Day one of the two-day FOMC meeting gets underway today in Washington, D.C., And though no change in the Fed funds rate is expected, it's a big week for central banks. The Bank of Japan's meeting yielded expectations for an April rate hike. While the latest Bank of Canada announcement suggests an earlier initial rate cut, the markets have priced in. An initial rate cut from the European Central Bank is expected in April, and our Fed is a coin toss for a March rate cut. Central bank rate cuts should help pave a path for lower rates that should help housing markets as we enter the spring home buying season. In the United States, today's economic calendar may have a few things that will move interest rates. Redbook same-store sales for the week ending January 27th, followed by Case-Shiller and FHFA house price indices for November, consumer confidence for January, December job openings from Jolts, Dallas Fed services for January, and various treasury auctions. We begin the day with agency MBS prices, better by a few ticks or 30 seconds. The 10-year yielding 4.06 after closing yesterday at 4.09%, and the two-year at 4.31%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A drunk wanders into a hotel lounge where an insurance convention just happens to be taking place. The drunk is hell-bent on causing trouble and he yells, I think all insurance agents are crooks. And if anyone doesn't like it, come up and do something about it. Straight away, this guy runs up to him and says angrily, Hey, you take that back right now. The drunk sneers and asks, Why? You an agent? The man replies, No, I'm a crook. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Calc. Given that rates are about as high as they've been in decades, how can homeowners be convinced to move into a new home? With the trade and mortgage powered by Calc, homeowners can buy before they sell, make non-contingent offers, and tap their home equity to fund the down payment on their next home. The result? Lenders help clients negotiate a lower purchase price, reduce their interest payments, and eliminate PMI. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.